0: Welcome to an enlightened hour of interactive talk. This is Guided Spirit Conversations with host, Marla Goldberg. In this program, we spotlight guests from all over the globe who've helped others change their lives and will provide you with the tips, tools, and techniques that you need to help make a difference in your own life. Now, here is Marla Goldberg.
1: Hello, everyone. How are you? I hope you've had a great week. I have missed you, and I'm glad you're back, so thank you for joining. Today, my guest is energetic healer Tom Swindell. Tom is from California, and I'm going to let Tom tell you a little bit about his modality and what he does. Hello, Tom. Welcome.
2: Hi. Thanks. Thanks for having me on your show.
1: My pleasure.
2: Uh, Basically, my specialty is I am good at tracking energy in the unconscious, and so I work with people energetically speaking and uh, focus in on them and through my uh, capacity to um, kind of zero out and get out of the way and uh, hold my focus, I can get into someone's system that will show me what's going on and uh, able, able to help them uh, clear things out of the way.
1: So... Do you have a client that comes with you, you know, like if you like divided up your demographic, is there something that more people come to you for than others? I mean, I'm sure you have a whole realm of issues that people come to you for, but is there one group of issues that really stand out that most people come to you for? Yeah,
2: most of the human normal stuff like relationships, work, but a lot of people that are uh, just seeking for a clear sense of themselves, that's kind of what I specialize in. And we'll use the relationships, the work situation, family situation in order to do that.
1: So when you say a clear sense of themselves, they <clears throat> want to learn more about why they have the blocks that they have, and then you clear the blocks, or is it an understanding of their, their characteristics and personality?
2: No, I deal directly with the unconscious or the energetic system. And uh, basically, it's what's behind the scenes of the words, the experiences of what they think they are, who they think they are. And um, there's a lot of confusion, disorientation uh, that causes the uh, problems that we experience symbolically in our lives, whether it be a relationship, a job, or any kind of physical issue. And so we, we work on the fundamental level.
1: Oh, okay, and so, sorry about that. My mascot is here with me in my office today, and he's doing his job. So excuse the barking, everyone. So, I'm sorry. So, Tom, tell, tell me, when you were young, are, were you intuitively guided? Were you, you, were you an intuitive? Did you, know, did you know things before they were gonna happen? Did you pick up things empathically? How, how was your youth?
2: Mostly I was extremely sensitive and I could feel uh, what people were feeling behind their actions or words, what was really going on. And also I would also have a lot of energetic kind of spiritual experiences as well that I didn't know how to interpret at the time, but uh, they would just spontaneously happen. And the combination of those two things uh, left me spending a lot of time uh, by myself.
1: I was going to ask how it affected your childhood, because uh-huh. I would venture to guess that it either goes one of two ways, that people, you know, your friends go, this is cool, and you share with your friends, and you go, this is cool, and then you end up helping them throughout school years, or you get, you know, intro, introspective or, intro, you know, stay more introverted because you're not quite sure what it is you're dealing with and how it, how it is presented to the world at your age and your world at that time. Yeah, up until my
2: late teens, it was a pretty closeted situation for me. I didn't talk about it with anybody. I was just my own personal experiences.
1: What um, about your family?
2: No, I never talked to them about it. No, I didn't have the context or the content to, to explore it verbally with anyone. I didn't even really understand it myself at the time.
1: And I'm gonna guess that your parents were not um, they didn't realize anything was going on with you or did they and you just didn't uh, explain I was, it?
2: That I was because of my sensitivities, I was awkward because I was getting bombarded by so much information all the time that I would, it would make me feel unstable a lot. And I'd get overwhelmed a lot and so I was kind of kind of weird, kind of torquey. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like no one really knew what was going on with me <laughs> you know, why is he like that nobody knew
1: and so you, you're coming out that period was in your early 20s in your 30s yeah, I was in
2: my teens actually in the teens I, I noticed that when I was around somebody um, that was going through a big shift whether it's emotional mental or any kind of shift some part of me would just wake up and you know, all this information would come pouring into my space, I guess, my head, and then I would know what to tell them in order to support them. It was felt like the most natural thing in the world for me.
1: So in school, when you were very introverted, would you go up to, if you knew somebody that you really didn't communicate with on a regular basis, or maybe somebody who might have intimidated if you saw that they were having an issue, would you share information with them about what was going on with them or guidance for them to how they can help <coughs> themselves?
2: Sometimes, but... Not, not often. Usually it was when people would come to me for help. People would ask me questions and the information would just be there. That would be helpful and relevant for them.
1: That, that must have been great for those kids because, you know, your fellow classmates to be able to get help like that. Because that's unusual.
2: Well, that didn't happen a lot in school. Again, school was a deeply introverted time for me. It was after school in my young adult life where that really started taking off.
1: So when did you start deciding that you needed to explore the spiritual path and healing? Like what was the impetus?
2: Well, I was having all these spontaneous spiritual experiences and then also these energetic experiences where I would be uh, laying there and my my whole body would start, energy would start surging through my whole body and I couldn't move and it would terrify me. Because again, I didn't know what it was. I didn't know what it was about. And then um, these times when kind of the bells would drop and I would experience the divinity of things. And that made more sense. I wasn't afraid of that. But the inner, uh, energetic surges that were pretty often, uh, whether I was going through my day or laying in bed or whatever, was scary uh, because I didn't have any control over it.
1: So how did you get an understanding of what you were experiencing? I just
2: decided that, uh, you know, I needed to take the bull by the horns, so to speak, and go towards it all, rather than just kind of running from it. And I began to turn inwardly and explore myself. Took lots of workshops, emotional release events, you know, everything I could get my hands on and started uh, kind of making my way inward to see what the mechanics of or the workings were that were causing these experiences.
1: So if I was a client, what would I experience by having a session with you?
2: Um, Well, basically, we get on the phone mostly, and uh, I have my clients settle down, so they're just relaxed and in a nice space. And then um, I'll hear these sounds or these tones, and as I make them, it leads me into their unconscious. It's like I follow the sound frequencies into their unconscious. And then I'll do a scan, and a lot of times they'll feel me inside them moving around, looking at things. And then, um, and then as we run into an uh, issue or a blockage, it's basically – let me step, go back a little bit. I discovered that healing is a following process. It's, not a, it's like me not going in with what I know and trying to make things happen. I basically zero out completely, focus on the individual – and then the intelligence that is them, innately them, begins to show me what's what. And they will show me, Go, you know, focus here. It will take me to one spot. We'll focus on it, and then we'll clear it. And what that looks like is I'll have them place their hands or their attention in certain parts of their body, and then um, whatever I'm having them do, I'll be doing on myself because at that point we are pretty much merged. And so we're working in tandem, which I consider to be more of a turbocharge session because my system is so open and used to moving energy. It helps them move energy super fast. And um, so as we're in this kind of energetic configuration of issue, blockage, emotion, whatever it is, or a belief system, I um, actually merge with it. So I go into the very center of the frequency of that issue and I become it. And becoming it, I'm aware of my client, I'm aware of myself, I'm aware of the issue. It creates a communication bridge, so we're all linked up. I'm kind of a bridge between the unconscious and the conscious mind. And as I'm holding that space, uh, either sounds or tones will come into my system. Uh, again, I'm following. I don't have a repertoire of things I actually just go do, Or we'll use intentional forgiveness, and I'll walk them through forgiving the source of the energy. And as that's happening, whether it's a tones or harmonies or forgiveness, I will uh, watch the energy because I am the energy. And I watch it just dissipate and disappear. And usually, when that happens, the client will feel that energy actually release in their unconscious. Or there'll be a big surge of new energy flowing into where that blockage was that's now allowing energy to flow more freely. And it's very rare that they don't feel that happening on the spot.
1: That sounds amazing. It sounds like an amazing experience. And can you, can you like sort of like jump in and just do something randomly or is it, do you have to have like a whole preset of things, you know, you have to do to set up before an appointment?
2: No. In fact, I, I don't ever think about the session before it's going to happen. I don't want to know anything about what's going to happen. And uh, once we sit down, it's just a frame of mind, state of mind. Uh, once I sit down to do a session, I'm in a different state of mind, and it's pure focus. So there's no ritual that I go through except zeroing myself out, so I don't have any ideas of my own
1: coming into it. Okay. So I just okay. That's that's really interesting to find out. And so while you're going through this for the client. Could you share what you might be feeling while this is going on? I know you said you hear tones and and you feel the energy, but is there anything else that goes on?
2: Well, the funnest thing for me, and I've been doing this for 30 years, is not knowing what's going to happen is an amazing adventure into new experiences. I've gone places, frequencies, emotionally, mentally, energetically, uh, different dimensions that I could have never imagined in my whole life. Uh, just by following the energy and not knowing what's going to happen next. And so for me, it's a lot of fun. Uh, It's usually a blast. And and even though we're going into the core issues very fast, it's not like talk therapy. I usually don't let my clients talk all that much because they already know what they know, and that hasn't helped them shift it. So they call me to go beyond what they know, and then I follow beyond what I know into the energy, and it shows us. Takes care of things very quickly and very directly.
1: Do you have some examples of experiences with clients where there has been, like, something really dramatic that happened on the positive? You know, they came in one way. You know, when they you answered the phone, they were one way, and at the end of the session, there was a mass shift.
2: That happens every time.
1: But there's nothing nothing that's that stands out like this was an amazing, you know, session with a client and this is, you don't, I don't need the, you know, the intimate details, but it's, it's how they started and maybe they were resistant and then you got them to open up and voila.
2: Well, yeah, it's, I mean, everyone's dealing in a different relevance of an issue. So it has to be very specific for them to to be meaningful and for it to be personal and uh, helpful. So, usually everyone ends the session feeling very, uh, I don't know if this, I'm not sure I understand the question, but let me know if this doesn't answer it. Okay. It's, uh, they usually come to the session very jumbled up, or there's issues, blockages, things are just jammed up. By the time we're done, they're quiet, they're peaceful, they're very luminous usually by the time we're done, because their own core light has been released, and they're, basking in that mostly is what happens at the end. And that uh, is part of the healing.
1: So maybe I should rephrase. Okay. Um, The client comes back to you and says, Oh, my God, you know, this was this is where I was before and after like, let's say a day, two days a week after your session, and they come back and they say, Tom, oh, my God, the most amazing shift happened or where the most exp- amazing experience happened that I would have been blocked from otherwise. You know, something yeah, that really that... majorly shifted in their changed in their life due to the work with you.
2: Yeah. I mean, you're looking for a specific uh, Yeah, I'm looking example. for stories. Okay. Yes,
1: I'm looking for <laughs> stories. Across the board. Okay. <laughs> I'm looking for like somebody who stands out and then you go, wow, that was amazing. Or I'm so, I'm so happy because there was such a major shift transition.
2: Well, I have two that, that would be interesting to share. One is one of my favorites to share because it was very spontaneous. It was actually a friend of a, one of my clients watching her newborn baby in the other room. And my the baby couldn't settle down. And so I told her to bring her friend in, would smooth her energy out so the baby can relax and we can get to work. Well, when the woman got on the test, this was when I was working physically with people and, um, Woman got on the table and I just did a quick scan and I noticed she had some issues in the breast area. So I asked her about it and she said, Yeah, she had been having this um, issues there for years and nothing was helping. She had seen every doctor, she had tried everything, nothing was fixing it. So I went in and just focused in on the energetics of it and I had her add and spontaneously said, Well, you know, when did this start? You know, so many years ago, what was happening during that time? And she said, uh, that her husband had uh, left her for her best friend. And bing, you know, the energy that was. And so I did a lot of muscle testing back then. So we tested it, and sure enough, that was causing her to still go weak. So we did the forgiveness work and uh, cleared the uh, trauma and the shock and the pain of the, all the thing that was in her unconscious. We cleaned it up, cleared it out. And then she became strong again through muscle testing. And then she went in the waiting room and baby was fine. But she came back a couple weeks later. The issues with the breast had completely disappeared and had been chronic for years. Now, that was interesting, but the best part of it is her life exploded after that. It took off. She was in a holding pattern of suffering and just nothing was happening for her. But after that, she came back about two or three more times. And her life just took off. And uh, she, that issue was completely gone. So another example more recently. And I, I have to just tell you, that's okay. a great
1: story, Tom. Okay. That <laughs> is a great story. Okay. <laughs> okay.
2: Yeah, it's what I found with the healing. If you can get to the core issue or if you can get to the linchpin, it's super easy. It doesn't, if we don't, there's not a lot of pushing, pulling. There's not scratching the head, figuring out. It's truly uh being open and just staring at it, and letting it tell me like what's what. And but when you find that core issue, everything unravels. It's the building blocks just kind of change on their own. Um, another story is when um, I had a client that had uh, her whose mom had a lot of issues, and she had issues with her mom. And we were working on her, and she said, "Hey, can you like help my mom out? Cause she had some serious problems. She was." having entities talking to her and stuff like that and drinking issues and all kinds of having conversations that were pretty dark so um i went and um spontaneously we were done with the session but i just focused on her mom and all this uh, harmonic singing came out of the energy and so i just started singing these frequencies and when the singing itself is not really a song they're frequencies of energy and when I'm focused in a person or focused in a part of their mind or their body or whatever, and I hear these melodies and I sing them while I'm inside them, the frequencies of the sounds shift the energy. And it's, I found that the unconscious is actually more accustomed to dealing with tonalities and frequencies more than words and ideas. It's, it's a more of a familiar uh, language. But it's more abstract to us. But anyway, so I did that, and it felt complete. And then I heard back later that her mom had completely cleared that whole thing. We never talked to the mom. The mom wasn't consciously aware of what was going on. She just noticed her mom was in a state of well-being and wasn't having the same chronic problems that she was having.
1: That's fascinating. So would you say for people with addiction that – your type of healing has the ability to help them breaking the, you know, the core issue for the, that triggers the addictions?
2: That's a good question because healing, I don't have like a, something that just heals everything um, because sometimes our issues are there. We put them there in order to explore them with ourselves. So healing might not necessarily even mean surviving. I mean, healing could be death. It could be uh, the issue that we're dealing with and working through it. The the work that I do doesn't remove the person's highest good blueprint intention for being here. It just helps them move through it, I guess I should say. So I I can't just kind of clear addiction on the spot unless it was their time and they wanted to and they were ready and they were done with that lesson and the addiction could be cleared quickly.
1: Well, wouldn't you think if somebody came to you and said, I have a problem with drugs or I have a problem with drinking, can you help me with that? And you say, sure, let me try it. Yeah. Um, That they're ready, that they're coming to you saying, well, I really want to stop this, but I need help. Yeah.
2: and, uh, And I would approach that the same way I'd approach anything, whether it was a relationship, job issue, physical element or whatever. We would just together just dive into the center of it and go towards it and see what was causing it. And then clear, I call it sweep as you go. We just see something, we clear it, see something, clear it, until we get to the bottom of it.
1: So your sessions run an hour, hour and a half, um, more, longer?
2: No, 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 they, uh, typically they're about an hour. Sometimes they can go an hour and a half. Mm-hmm.
1: And during the, on an average, I'm not asking for anything extraordinary, but on an average, how many issues can get cleared? Could it be one? Is it one? Is it seven? Could it be more? Could it be, is it, you know, you only have time for <clears throat> X amount?
2: Yeah, no, no. We, uh, I'd like to do uh, full out, get as much work as we can done it, get done at any given session. Uh, we go full blast. We work fast and furious. And, uh, and then until this body, the energetic body just says that's it, or the unconscious that that's it. And uh,
1: then we stop.
2: So it doesn't matter how many. It just that's depends funny. on how ready they are to move them.
1: I'm so tired. You've gotten rid of so many issues. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes people take a nap
2: afterwards. (laughs) That happens. (laughs)
1: That's so funny. Um, So I'm reading, you you have a a thing for me. that says says something about the dynamics of healing. What are the dynamics of healing in your world? Um,
2: Dynamics of healing are uh, simply removing distortions and interferences out of the mind, because the mind itself is the one holding on to the problems. And when you clear it on that level, then everything can heal on its own. In our natural state, we're already healed. There's nothing to fix. It's the, the uh, distortions of the conscious mind Interesting. that create the problems to begin with that's a big question actually and it looks like we're going to break so
1: (laughs) we're going to go take a break so we'll be right back we'll pick this up on the other side stay stick with us and stay with me and Tom Swindell see you on the other side thank you
0: become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. My effing long journey to loving myself, a guide to a shorter path, is an account of Marla Goldberg's transformational journey and a guide to some of the most powerful TTTs, or tips, tools, and techniques that she learned along the way. These TTTs taught her how to release anger and learn how to forgive ultimately finding total self-acceptance and self-love learn to release anger frustration and stress learn to forgive others and yourself go from self-loathing to self-love pick up your copy of marla's book by visiting marlagoldberg.net get ready for high in it with host lindsey robinson and kelsey aida This is an all-new look at self-empowerment and lifestyle design. If you're still trying to figure out the law of attraction, spirituality, self-love, and more, we'll break it down for you. You can create the life of your dreams and own your power. Listen for High Vibe In It. We're live every Monday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. This will be one hour you will make time for.
1: Tune in to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit, every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel.
0: It's your world. Motivate, change, succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to guided spirit conversations to reach marla goldberg or her guest today you're invited to call in to the program at 1-888-346-9141 that's 1-888-346-9141 if you'd rather send an email the address is guided spirit conversations at gmail.com now back to this week's program
1: Hello everyone. Thank you for sticking around. And if you've just tuned in, I'm excited to share that Tom Swindell, who is an energetic healer, is my guest today. And if you're interested in learning more about Tom, you can find him at www.coreclearing.net, C-O-R-E-C-L-E-A-R-I-N-G.net. His phone number is 530 798 8446, or if you'd prefer to email Tom and ask him any questions or explore what he does further, you can email him at tom at coreclearing.net. And before we get back into our conversation, it's charity shout-out time, and we're going to talk about Tom's charity for a bit. It's A Course of Miracles Foundation for Inner Peace, or it's acim.org slash donate, Tom, welcome back. Thanks. Thank so let's talk about uh, A Course in Miracles Foundation for Inner Peace. Why do you support it? Why do you, you know, do you reach out? Yeah. If this is the one you want to support?
2: Of Course in Miracles came in my view in my 20s, and I was aware of it and attracted to it, but I didn't really do anything with it until I was in my uh, 30s, and then a friend of mine gave me the book, and I would read a little bit, and it was so profound that I, you know, it was just, a, I can only take little pieces of it at a time. But then it was in my uh, 50s that I dove all the way into it. And because it basically uh, mirrors a lot of the my own direct spiritual experiences that I've had to help me hold, to help clear the way so they they're not coming and going. So they'll just stay put, basically, for me. And it's a, uh, the, one of the most clearest, uh, practical, direct instruction books I've ever information books I've ever read. Never read a lot of books, so right now that's basically all I read.
1: Is the Course of Miracles mm, yeah. one big thick book?
2: Yes, <laughs> it it's heavy. It can be, but it, it most I don't even talk about it usually to most people because it's just too much. It's too unambiguous, too direct.
1: Yeah, it is. And I've tried a number of times to delve into it, and I haven't gotten as deep as I'd like to. And it's not one of those books where you can have three other books going at one time. It's almost a single focus book, in my opinion.
2: Yeah, it's my only book these days because of it's, it's just helpful for me. And it does use a lot of the you know Christian terminology and the he and the him and uh, the Trinity and all that. Uh, but it's really just to, so I think simplify the, it's not really a gender anything. It's more of a direct way of expressing something without having to get all mixed up in the gender issues. But yeah, it's powerful. (laughs) It is amazing. And I love it. But like I said, I normally, I was almost didn't even want to bring it onto the show because it's such a personal thing. And, um, it's just usually overwhelming.
1: Well, the Course in Miracles, it's, it's just one of these things, when you're ready, to, when you're ready for it, that's when you'll be mm-hmm. able to get through it. Yeah. Because it's, uh, it's, it's, oh, it's a commitment, in my opinion.
2: Well, also, when I discovered I could track energy and the source of things, I focused on it one day many years ago, and I tracked the source of it. And it actually went all the way back to source and the Christ energy. And it made it through all the different veils of confusion and delusions and all kinds of crazy stuff before we get to here. And it made it through. And I was amazed. It was like a beam of light from source all the way to the physical dimension, with information not getting scathed.
1: Wow, and that was
2: amazing. And it mirrors that. Once you get into it, you see that. Yeah.
1: Well, what's interesting is, so when I was in my 40s, I was uh, getting bat mitzvah, and I had to read the Torah, being... Jewish, oh. and I remember reading some of the things, and I'm like, I'm not understanding it. Somebody said it's all metaphysical, you know, not metaphysical, metaphoric. You know, it's, it's humans who wrote down these stories, and these other way they wrote it down, and it's like, oh, huh, that's really interesting, and when you're talking about The Course in Miracles, it almost seems like it's not something, even though it was channeled and it was typed by man or woman, so to speak. Sure. Um it wasn't, you know, like these people take these, these these phrases from the Bible, whether it be Jewish or otherwise, and then they are able to take it and make it mean what they want it to mean. They're able to manipulate it. With The Course in Miracles, sure. I feel that it's there's no ability to manipulate what came through. I think that it's more of a, like you said, a direct bout of information. And, and the woman who was, I can't remember her name, I'm sorry to say. But who is doing the typing of these shorthand. Thank you. Getting the channeling of it and typing it down. It was, you know, it was straight, like automatic typing where she got the information, just typed it out without thinking, judging, criticizing, changing.
2: Yeah, it's all direct. There's no one there that actually wrote the book. It's just the source of existence itself, basically, in my opinion, wrote the book. There's no personality, you know. Maybe even call it Christ or Jesus or the Holy Spirit or whatever, but it's not really a. There's no one that wrote that. Uh, it's just pr- direct information.
1: Right, but the so direct, sorry, the, the information was channeled yeah, to the doctor.
2: Yeah, she um, yeah, shorthanded, automatic shorthand, wrote it down, and then her partner typed it out. Okay. That's how that worked out. I, I'm not involved in the, in the organization that much. I just, re, I just love the book.
1: Okay. But I well, like the information, basically. Well, the information is good. And when you can get good, clear, concise information, yeah. you know, it gives you a good foundation, especially, especially for spiritualists. You yeah. Know, you don't to
2: have get- to filter through, like, at someone's personality about their own agenda or whatever. It's just very direct.
1: Right. And even though I think Marianne Williamson is, she was the first one who brought Course of in Miracles into my world. Uh-huh. And so uh-huh. even though I admire her and respect her, I, I believe that as she's giving the information, it's still going through her human brain and it, it gets sort of, you know, paraphrased in a, in a way. It's not exact.
2: you know, yeah, It's not true. as exact
1: as I think she might've thought it was but, you know, she might have thought it was totally clear, but it's a human processing it and sharing it. I, I
2: haven't read any of her books, but I've heard so many people being able to actually be introduced to The Course of Miracles because of her, that she was able to kind of make it more relatable. And yes. I think that was a huge service.
1: I, like I said, admire her, respect her. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying that when... Something is channeled, like if you're, you know, if you ever watch Hester Hicks, you know, when she's getting straight uh-huh. channeled, she's putting it right out. There's no space and time to um, personalize it, change it, or shift what what's being said. It's just coming in right. and out, or any channel. But when someone is writing and they're processing, you know, the way they, you know, like they're, she's putting it in layman's term. Or, I hate to put it, dummying it down a little bit to make it easier to read.
2: Oh, watering it down maybe is a better...
1: Well, I'm watering it, thank <laughs> you. That's a much better way. I, please, Marianne, forgive me for saying that. But yes, watering it down. But I don't even think it's water. It's just the way from her perspective how she, how sure. she processed it. And she, but, she, but whatever she did, you're right. She helped people truly understand what the, law, the Course of Miracles was or is. Yeah. Yeah, it's I really
2: think it's amazing. a huge help. Yeah, I think she did a great job. Even though I haven't read it, I've seen the results and the effects of it.
1: I love her books. Yeah. I think I've gotten through, I don't know, I have a bunch of hers in my closet, literally. Um, mm. and, admi- and admire what she has done with, you know, living the Course of Miracles. It's, it's yeah. pretty an amazing thing. So going back to you, we were talking about you, you have a core clearing breath that you're able to share with the listeners that yeah. you know, talk about the breath, how it works and why it's helpful. And then maybe an example of the exercise.
2: Well, you know how little kids have usually a meltdown every single day. Yes. You know, no. like Timmy's <laughs> s- stole my truck or whatever, or I have some kind of issue and they have a good cry. Okay. Well, the- is a ringing out of their energy field they're so sensitive that there's so much stimuli hitting us every day stimuli that they they need to ring it out and they spontaneously seek out a issue to get upset about and crying and crying is like taking a wet sponge and you know contracting it and all pushes all the water out when you're done it's clear you're light again well as adults we don't allow ourselves that much opportunity to do that but we are bombarded with Tremendous amounts of information and stimuli. So, as an empath, I had to learn how to navigate that, and I'm still learning. But I discovered this simple technique. It's on my website, but it's called Core Clearing Breath. And it's basically taking a big breath in, and you're focusing everything in the very center of you, like there's a center tube of light in the very core of your being. And you're holding the breath, and you're expanding that beam of light out, and it's clearing and cleansing everything else in your energy field, inside your body and around you several feet. And then you, and on the exhale, you blow it out, you blow it out with your mouth. And it's a very fast technique for just a quick energetic clearing of debris. Because you'd be amazed. Because I work with people all the time. The stuff in their energy field. We clean our house. We wash our dishes. You know, we take showers. But there's an energetic level that could use a cleansing. Super fast, super easy. Could be done anywhere.
1: I agree. So show us the breathing in, and then show us the breathing out. Just one in, oh. one out. And and tell us how many we need to do to yeah, clear their could, fields.
2: Yeah, it could be one to three times. But it's like breathing in. Feeling the core, just there's just nothing but the pure you. And as you're expanding that core energy out, it's cleansing and clearing everything that's not you. So all the debris, it's just out, out, out. And then, and then you blow out any residue at the end. And then you just relax. So and it's one breath through the mouth, do it. correct? It doesn't matter on the inhale. The exhale okay. is through the mouth, but the inhale just... It's the focus of attention. You're focusing on your core and you're letting the, the innocence and the purity of your own being expand and cleanse and clean everything else. All your chakras and every, you know, whatever you want to call it, everything else that's there. And it really helps. I've done it with groups. When I taught a class on this work that I do many years ago, we had a day of talking about sexuality, and all class just went, and everyone got disassociated really fast. And so I had everyone do this, the first time I ever tried it in a group, and we all did one core breath clearing, and the whole room just cleared. And everyone came back present, open, and were able to proceed.
1: Yeah, that could be a touchy subject. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: yeah because especially
1: so, yeah. because a lot of times people do um be uh, do whatever the fear is, but they have a fear of letting out who they truly are or what their preferences their proclivities are, and so they sure. hold it in and then you even if it just has to do with maybe you don't like sex or maybe something's going on where it makes sex you know intimacy difficult and then but so to be able to open that up that's that's an amazing feat.
2: Yeah, I did a lot of work with people's sexuality. Um, there's always a permission there, and we go in, and there's usually a lot of courting or enmeshment in that area. That create a lot of havoc, especially if you're leaving a relationship and you, you become obsessively thinking about that person or you can't stop thinking about them. Usually there's courting or enmeshment going on, especially in the sexual. When people say, oh, we could have sex and it won't change anything, is
1: <laughs> not true. That's not true. <laughs> <laughs> on
2: an <electronic laughs> level, so much is happening and merging, and exchanging on so many levels that it changes everything. And uh, so it's okay, but it's we do a lot of clearing on those those levels.
1: That's that's interesting because I've been to a lot of classes, and I mean I've been trained in twenty four different modalities, and wow. very few conversations about sexuality has risen. So oh, wow. I think it's very brave of you to to bring that out because, again, people have so many hidden secrets or sometimes sure. people just don't even know that they have issues around sexuality. Like they think, ah, I'm a free spirit, and then all of a sudden, bing, something something pops up.
2: Yeah, yeah there's, for some reason... The work that I do, we get into the corest, deepest, darkest, most shameful, craziest, most wonderful, blissful, amazing places inside someone. And for some reason, even though we can be inside your core issues in like five minutes, and you might start bawling and crying, which happens a lot, which is just energy being released, no one ever feels invaded or no one ever feels like... They've been bombarded by anything. There's so much grace. For some reason, I don't know exactly why this is, except for this, the field itself is so loving and non-judgmental because we're just dealing with the energy. I'm not dealing with my personality. <laughs> and so we're like, um, so we can get to these core issues really fast. And it's, a lot of clients have said it's like a year of therapy, you know, in an hour because it's not talk therapy. We just get to the core and we clear. And, but no one feels invaded I guess there's not a sense of invasiveness and we do do a lot of deep uh, sexual clearing
1: well I would think that if you're going that deeply you'd want to be you know there would be a, a point of sensitivity and you know acknowledging that people have many areas that they get triggered by you know why yeah don't they really don't even need to tell me what
2: they are because I'll just stare. It will show itself, basically, you know, and I just stare at it and I go, you know, I always ask permission to go into the sexual realm and they always say yes. And then it's like, once I'm in there, it's all right there. And we just clear, clean and clear it out. And it's very liberating um, for every, you know, everyone involved.
1: That's That's really fascinating. So to make an appointment with you, do you have a long waiting list or...
2: I like to get to people as quickly as possible. It's hard to say. I, For the 30 years I've been doing this work, I've done very little to no advertising or anything. It's all been word of mouth. And I really do rely on people's inspiration to find me and locate me and set up a session rather than for any other reason. Um, because then it's been I, – I leave the work up to kind of the – the inspiration realms you know, for it to unravel. And there'll be like a week where I won't have any sessions at all. And that's usually a time where I need to, things just need to do whatever they need to do. And then they'll be slammed with tons of sessions. And so I just trust it. Um, so it's, it's, I never know, but it's rare that I can't see someone fairly soon because I know I like to be, when I have an issue, I don't want to wait a month you know, before I can get it handled. I want to deal with it as soon as possible.
1: Yeah. That's hard to do waiting for that long for, because yeah. they're therapy. I mean, I know there are psychics that like are booked for three years and wow. it's almost like what's going on with you, you know, right now. And then you're having something three years down the road. It's like, you know, it's, in a whole, it's an entirely different picture of life in three years.
2: Yeah. I wouldn't even want to get involved in that. That's, yeah. I mean, again, it's, it's a very surrendered work. Like I said, I follow the energy, I don't need it. And so I, you know, when, the, when there's a flow of work to be done, I'm there, when there's not, I'm you know, not doing it. So it's it's. Whatever. Do you clear
1: yourself at the end of the day from all the energy from your clients? Or what do you do for yourself after sessions so that you're not taking on others'
2: yeah, um, stuff? It's rare that I take stuff on during a session. Uh, it's more like when I'm out in the world where I get uh, snagged,
1: inundated,
2: inundated with everything. Uh, but with, during a session, I might do a, like a pull my energy in, clear my energy out. But we're doing so much clearing, and the energetic frequency is so high, it doesn't really involve that weird enmeshment kind of thing. Whereas if I'm out listening to music or having a beer or whatever, and then it's like then I'm like kind of get wrapped up, and I'll do the core clearing breath. Or I'll have a good cry. A lot of times, it's a kind of a purging process that I I uh, discovered. That
1: I think crying was. is very cathartic. Crying
2: is amazing. Uh, can I say something about it? Do we have a moment? Absolutely. To that? Yeah, we do. Crying is. Um, I found myself. I did years and years of emotional release body work called omni work, and then, um, but after that. I was doing lots of sessions, and I found myself just bawling my eyes out and going towards it, but couldn't bottom it out. So I saw another healer and asked him what it was, and he said, well, it's a shamanic kind of purging. Some shamans will throw up or belch, and I cry. That was my modality. And so I began to look at it more closely, and I discovered, like, the art of crying. The art of crying is this. (laughs) The emotions there, you don't want to repress them. Okay, that's a feeling. When you start repressing, you get bogged down like a heavy sponge, and then you just feel horrible. Right. So you don't suppress anything. You let out the sounds. You let out the tears. You're contracting. Fluids are coming out everywhere. You're making sounds. You're crinkled up on the floor, whatever, or it doesn't matter. You're letting sounds out. But this is the most important piece. Usually a story of an incident will trigger the emotional body. And we think we're crying about what happened to me, who did what to me, or what didn't happen for me, or there's a disappointment or a loss. What I've discovered is you don't indulge that story and you stick with the sensation, frequencies of the feeling, and you allow it to emote through your system. That energy will leave you completely. When we indulge the story and we think it's, that's the cause and the source of our pain is what Jimmy or Susie or whoever did to me or whatever – it recycles it back in and you got the same emotions you're going to have to fail again and again and again so it's basically let go of the story feel the feelings express the feelings whatever that needs to look like and then uh but let the story go and it will leave it will cleanse and clear and heal
1: that's great that's great advice, and I think it's true. I mean, if you can uh, let the feelings dissipate, you know it's just very difficult. There are people out there who you'll do work with, and you you know with, before even giving it time to assimilate, they get back into their stuff because they're so programmed for it. Do you understand what i mean yeah and does wow. Ed, did you find people?
2: No, actually, because the level we're not, we're not dealing with like talk therapy. We're not just having discussions, explorations. We're actually deep in the unconscious where the actual building blocks of consciousness formulate and then get translated as a perceptual experience of our life. And and the people in it, the incident, circumstances are just symbols of the unconscious, and so because we're working at the very center, uh, those issues should just be gone. I mean, it's not like they, they're they not really there to go back into unless there's another level to work with on that. But it's not, it's, it's, that's why I don't let people, like, we don't get into a lot of talk therapy. Because that level, things happen, and, but we're working at the very central Place where consciousness develops, forms, ex- projects, and expresses and experiences.
1: So that's a great way of putting it. It really. And it is, should stand it? on its
2: own. Yeah,
1: I so agree. I so agree. Yeah. I it's uh, it's yeah, it's a fascinating modality. I definitely have interest in talking more about it with you.
2: Oh, thanks. Yeah, it's yeah. there's a lot and a lot of interesting things about it. But um, you know, my motto is whatever works. So if it's juggling apples and oranges, that gets it done. I'll do that. <laughs> and, 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 but apparently what I'm working, doing, working with now works. And so and it's fun and it's effective.
1: This is good. Thank you so much, Tom, for being on the show. Everyone, we're talking to Tom Swindell, and he's an energetic healer. And if you want to get in touch with Tom, you can reach out to Tom at tom at coreclearing.net. His number is 530-798-8446. And his website is coreclearing.net. So thank you, Tom, for sharing this hour with me. I appreciate it. It's I want to thank.
2: Sounds
1: it's been great. Thank you. And I, even our, our other conversations <laughs> have been fun. So <laughs> thank you for that. I want to thank Voice America and Teresa Scott-Reed for getting this show up and running and doing all you do, your magic to get this show going and out to everyone. I want to thank you, the listeners, for being with me. Um, each week because it really means a lot to me. And I'm so grateful for, for the fact that you take time out of your day, out of your life to listen to the show. And so I say thank you so much with such full gratitude. Um, I look forward to next week and our guests next week. So please stay tuned. And until then, I send you love, I send you blessings, and I send you gratitude. Bless you. Thank you.